The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and we're coming out of the bye week after the Giants had some time off, which gave both sides to... Some time to reevaluate and figure out their current situation as far as their roster, which we did already this past show with Dan Pazuda joining us. Today we have another guest joining us, and that is Benjamin Solak, who is a senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, as well as a deputy editor for Bleeding Green Nation of SB Nation, and also a podcaster for both. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing well. Thanks for throwing that senior on there. I felt pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as someone that's uh, also hovering around 20, you know, it's it's good to throw that that uh, <laughs> the senior in there when you can. I am too young for you guys to be making me feel old. <laughs> Sorry about that, Chris. So we were just discussing beforehand how quarterback heavy this draft class is. Last draft was considered to be a very, very weak one. And right now the Giants supposedly have their quarterback of the future, the guy that they're going to move forward with in Daniel Jones. Now, that being said, though, because of a more deep draft at the quarterback position in 2020, Ben, do you think that there's going to be a, a more of a willingness to trade up? And do you think the Giants might be able to take advantage of that? Yeah, the long and the short of it is that when there's quarterbacks, there's the potential for trade up. And that that could be you know, late February, combine time. That could be day of, day one, late April, or any time in between, right? And that's the scary thing is that you never really know who might be trading up when. We know, like, you know, you you, you go back to the the Deshaun Watson and the Patrick Mahomes picks where everybody was just kind of watching to see how low these guys were going to go and how late we were going to let them fall and then eventually make that trade up. Something similar uh, happened once you got past Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen in, in the 2018 NFL draft. And you were just kind of watching to see how far these quarterbacks were going to fall down and when we were going to trade up and go get them. And so I think when you're looking at, at the Giants right now as a potential top five pick, it's tricky because you're assuming the Bengals are, are, are ahead of them and are taking a quarterback. Uh, if the Dolphins aren't ahead of them, you're assuming the Dolphins are going to try to jump up as far as possible and go get their quarterback. And so now you're looking at teams like Tampa Bay, uh, Tennessee, perhaps the, 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 the Titans. You're looking at maybe a team like the Chargers if Phillip Rivers walks in free agency. 
being potential teams for a trade up and they really have to be in love with somebody because we could be talking about the third quarterback off the board here. Typically we don't see that player go in the top five. It's a good class, but I don't know. I'm not sure it's that good. Um, but it a little bit depends on where the giants and the dolphins picks fall relative to one another. But for as long as there's going to be good quarterbacks, which there certainly is in this class, there's going to be trade-up interest. Uh, the Giants are going to get calls. Whether or not they take him is up to Dave Gettleman. And Dave Gettleman doesn't like to take that. Uh, it, it could be a, a lost cause from the jump. But I, I, I do think that, yeah, the Giants are absolutely going to get calls. I kind of look at it as maybe a team could jump ahead of the Giants. You know, maybe up to where Washington is right now, they're picking second, Miami is fourth. So maybe a team could try to, jump Miami and move up to second to get their quarterback, whoever that is, if it's Justin Herbert. Uh, we don't know what's up with Tua right now. Yeah, that was kind of a scary situation, but supposedly he's going to make a full recovery. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. I would love to see the Giants trade back and get more assets, especially if they win a game or two and wind up falling out of the Chase Young, Andrew Thomas sweepstakes. Then they could be in a prime position to really take advantage of a possible trade market. Yeah, it really might be beneficial for the Giants if they can secure some type of a trade back because as nice as it would be to be picking in the top three and have a shot at Chase Young, it's better for a team that has so many holes to try and get multiple players of maybe not the highest quality at top five, but multiple guys in that 10 to 15 range. Uh, Just kind of looking at the shape of the league right now, though, there's a number of teams that might be willing to trade up the the Chargers. You don't know how much longer they're going to be sticking along with uh, Philip Rivers and if they choose to get his successor now. The Denver Broncos are very clearly desperate and don't have a clear designation at their quarterback position. But a, a lot of other things might come down to how the those early picks shape out and where the Cincinnati Bengals are. Uh, another thing that we're, we're a bit curious about and we want to know a little bit more with this draft class is – what do you think are the overall strengths? Right, so if you're going to step beyond the quarterback position, which is a doggone good one, the rest of the offense is pretty good. Running backs got uh, incredible talent, potential first-round talent, which obviously Giants fans know how the conversation around first-round running backs goes. We don't have a Saquon Barkley-esque talent, but we've got first-round potentials. Sandy goes at wide receiver. I mean, you have four or five potential names who are looking like first-rounders, even more guys on the fringe who could rise up there during the pre-draft process. The weapons are strong. Tight end, not so much. But running back and wide receiver are definitely up there. And then offensive line, I wouldn't call either class a barn burner, but they're definitely plus. Uh, you've got multiple players at, at offensive tackle and interior offensive line uh, who could be going in the first round. Offensive tackle, I'm sure, you know, is, is a spot that Giant fans will also be looking at as well. Defensively, it's a bit more of an average draft cast. Lining backer isn't that good. Safety's average. I would say interior defensive line is probably the great strength. Corner's also really good. And the edge class is, after Chase Young, not thrilling. Uh, so we've got more mediocre uh, position groups on the defensive side of the ball. And I think when you look at this Giants team, there's – a case to be made for almost every position besides that defensive tackle position warranting an early round selection. Uh, however, linebackers weak. Uh, you know, like I said, safety is pretty much average. Edge, if you're not getting Chase Young, you're probably not getting a, a bona fide year one starter. So strong in the offensive skill position, strong defensive tackle, strong at corner, everywhere else, we're looking mediocre to bad. So I think what we're saying right now is the Giants, fan, Giants fans should pencil in Derek Brown as their first round pick. Listen, I mean, it's... 
I cannot tell. The, the, I was flabbergasted by the Leonard Williams trade. Just like someone's got to explain this to me slowly. I just it's it's and 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 it's Gettleman to a T. We all knew it was going to happen. Well, like we all knew like he was going to justify it. I mean, but still to see the struggles this defense has had for the first nine weeks of the season and for the solution of the trade deadline to be adding a defensive tackle. It's just like ludicrous to me. We, we were right there with you. The, I, I can understand going after Leonard Williams in free agency because it, now it's pretty much clear the Jets were going to let him walk. But to trade a third round pick for the basically for the right of first refusal on him. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Dave Gettleman loves him some defensive tackles. I uh, I would absolutely agree with the strength of the offensive line. It, we'll probably get to Andrew Thomas in particular later, but gotta love him. I'm. I, I want to find who told Tyler Biotish that he sh- he was a second or third round player and should go back to school because whichever league executive made that decision made that analysis needs to be slapped. As a redshirt sophomore, he was he would probably have walked into the league as a starter. And there are good linemen you know between them around them i could probably see at least three going in the first round probably get that up to five or six i think the the big key here in this draft class which is good news for giants fans we're going to evaluate their positional strengths and maybe the, the the big needs with this draft class what the giants should be attacking but the really good news is how deep this receiver class is i, I keep seeing on twitter different people each day saying how unique this class is and how many different guys in it can contribute and play right away. So if they're not going after a guy like Jerry Judy in the top 10 or in position to take CD lamb or any of those other guys in the first early in the first round, there's plenty of time for them to get somebody early in the second round or to uh, maybe wait a little bit later in the draft and and still get a, a decent quality playmaker. Uh, Next, though, we're going to be evaluating what the Giants' biggest draft needs are. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. So as you would expect, that the Giants have a lot of draft needs. There are a lot of holes that need to be filled on this roster. Ben, what do you think are the most glaring ones right now? Yeah, so as I said, you know, you look at this defense and you're asking yourself why you would ever think adding a defensive tackle is the uh is the solution it's because the rest of the 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 team there doesn't necessarily look like they're up to snuff obviously the corner position is is there's been struggles but you added so many bodies in the past draft deandre baker sam beal technically was a 2019 draft pick in terms of what he cost julian love you know it's they're gonna spend time trying to develop that young talent so i don't necessarily see them going there early even if you know, the, the early returns on Baker are really rough. Uh, early returns on, on, on Julian Love are less than thrilling. Um, you're still going to have to spend time developing those players. That's the reality. Now, you step to uh, the edge room where you're really not getting a consistent outside push, a consistent outside rush plan from anybody. I mean, Marcus Golden was a fun idea. Uh, and, and James Betcher has always been able to get the best out of guys like him, guys like Kareem Martin. But it's not... It's not what you need winning on the outside. I liked O'Shane Zimini's coming out of, uh, last year, but he's he's an edge too. He's a rotational rusher for you. He is not a, a, a dominant outside win against the team's best left tackle sort of a player. So edge is a spot where you're looking at absolutely. I mean, if this is a Chase Young is on the board, run the card in, don't think twice, twice on Sundays. You know what I mean? Like if this is not a question, this is a dominant college player at the position which you desperately need help. Also off-ball linebacker. 
Um, you know, they, they, they're working with what they've got here. Uh, and this has never been a position that the Giants have really had strong play at for the past few years. But you know Dave Gettleman grew up in the, with, with the Carolina team that was enjoying Luke Keekley, was enjoying uh, uh, Thomas Davis, obviously went and drafted Shaq Thompson, developed him. You should see investment in that off-ball position. I also liked Ryan Connolly a fair bit when he came out of Wisconsin. But again, this is a, a situational player. This is a depth player. This is not the blue-chip talent you need at all three levels of your defense. So I look at edge and I look at linebackers, the two places that stand out to me defensively. Now, offensive tackle is the weird one because – it's not weird, actually. It's pretty straightforward. You need a right tackle. I mean, you shouldn't resign Mike Mike Rammers and you should put a new body in there. But Nate Solder is the is the wild card here in terms of. I think the cap hit is too big to swallow next year to cut him. So you're going to be keeping Solder on the field for sure. And now you're at a team with potentially sixty million dollars of cap space. Rookie tackles typically don't play well, no matter how high you draft them. Very rare to draft a rookie offensive tackle and get quality play out of him right away. So if you're looking for a, a good offensive line for Daniel Jones in year two, you might be drafting a rookie to develop at the position, but you may not necessarily be drafting around one guy to start. So now you've got to go find a right tackle in free agency, which is what you try to do with Remmers. Uh, and then if you're cutting Nate Solder, which Nate Solder ain't yet played to the, the contract figure he was signed, then you got to go draft a second developmental tackle as well. So there's a lot of work to do with the bookend spot. So I would I like Andrew Thomas makes sense to me, but I don't think you're going to get the biggest year one investment out of him right away. And then the wild card position is wide receiver. And what it boils down to is Pat Shermer. That quick style offense, that quick passing attack from the gun, you know, pre-snap read, one route sort of a look, throw against leverage. I mean, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, you're built for that. If, if if Shermer leaves, you bring in a different offensive mind, a different offensive approach, you need size. You're going to need different body types of wide receiver. Right now, you're built to win kind of in one way, and you're going to need to to introduce some some different guys into this system. So if Shermer stays, I don't think wide receiver is that big of a need. I really don't. I mean, it's not the strongest aspect of your team. You could definitely invest the day two pick. But day one, maybe not necessarily. If Shermer goes, depending on who we add as the new offensive mind, we're probably going to have to re- refashion this wide receiver room a little bit because right now the body types look the same. You know, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, these guys win in similar ways. Uh, and, and obviously Slayton's got the downfield ability that that Shepard and Tate don't really have because of his long speed, but still you don't have a good jump ball guy. You don't have a good guy who wins in, in tight quarters on the back shoulder fade. He wins with leverage. He wins with strength. It's not the mold, and you're going to need that if you add a new offensive mind. So my, my read is offensive tackle, wide receiver, edge, and linebacker as being the four that are majorly in the conversation. To me, I would invest in the defense. I know you want to help Daniel Jones out, but the best way to help him out to get him some short fields, to stop giving up 30-point games, let him be competitive for four quarters. And to do that, you need an overhaul at multiple positions on defense. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Nate Solder is – his contract makes him a wild card. His play on the field is absolutely cuttable. I, right now, really, if you just look at it in terms of the amount of pressure he's giving up, he's playing worse than Eric Flowers ever did. Yeah, his he, – his technique might be prettier, but the effect and the end result is the same or worse. <clears throat> but that contract is a tough one to swallow, to be paying a guy to not play. You know, on the interior offensive line, I come back to Tyler Biotish, getting a good, consistent center would be a definite upgrade, a right tackle on the defense, 
Ben talked a lot about Edge, and I agree with all of it. Marcus Golden is an interesting guy. He's, I think, another Edge 2, maybe a more experienced version of Zimenez. I do wonder if Lorenzo Carter might not be best off transitioning to an off-ball position, maybe like a Anthony Barr as a really industrial-sized off-ball linebacker with lots of athleticism, lots of range, lots of length, but just not an every-down edge player. Maybe a guy you blitz once or twice when you want to add that extra pop. And then I'd also have to say, depending on what happens with Julian Love, free safety has to be addressed because Bethea just he, he just can't do it anymore. He can't be that center fielder that, especially James Betcher's defense and really any blitz-heavy defense needs. With corner, I agree they've got to find out what they have before they add even more bodies. You know, they've got to find out what they've got in Ballantyne, find out what they have in Sam Beal, uh, hope that DeAndre Baker can get past his rookie struggles and maybe be more like the guy we saw at Georgia, especially 2017 DeAndre Baker. That guy was great. So, yeah, there are a lot of needs that need to be addressed in this draft, which kind of goes back to why it would be, wouldn't be a bad idea and would probably be a good idea to field some of those potential trade down calls. It really boils down to, I think, overall, just looking at the landscape uh, of this draft class, is that the, the Giants have so many needs on defense, so the best approach really might just be taking the most talented and best available player that isn't an interior defensive lineman. If Chase Young is around, like you said, Ben, that is probably the smartest thing to do is to take a playmaker like that, somebody that talented, to come step right in and play right away. But there's other clear talent at the safety position, maybe a little bit later at linebacker. Wherever you can get the most talented guy on in this draft class to hop right in and start playing right away because the rest of this this defense is very young and and still developing. And and the other thing too in regards to the receiver position, I, I do see what you mean that it might not be a glaring obvious need um, for them to select one right now. But like I said earlier, because of how deep this receiver class is, they could still good, get a good guy that is going to contribute in the second or third round. So they don't need to be in a rush or a hurry to take somebody in the first round or take them early. Last thing that we're going to cover here today is what players, Ben, do you think should be eyed and, and, and looked at by the Giants and wherever they're picking, who do you think they should be, you know, their, their go-to selection? Right. So as it sits right now, you're three and three would be sick because Burrow's going before three and Joe Burrow quarterback at LSU, which means there's no mathematical way Chase Young and Andrew Thomas are both off the board. This is a good situation to be in because building through the trenches is, is, is the common way of developing things. Now, we know Dave Gettleman does not typically uh, address offensive line early in the draft. So maybe Andrew Thomas is the man from our perspective, but from his perspective, it's not. Either way, then you still have CeeDee Lamb, who's potentially on the board, right? I mean, you you have in, in, in CeeDee Lamb, uh, 6'2", 200-pound, unbelievable jump ball wide receiver threat out of Oklahoma. Uh, and even if you you don't feel the need to get that mold of wide receiver, you have Jerry Judy, who's himself 6'1", 190 in his own right and is a tremendous three-level threat. If you want to go for that elite, game-changing talent 
at wide receiver, then you can go in that direction. Uh, and, and obviously, as we've talked about on this podcast, Chase Young is certainly the option you're looking at if he's on the board. If we want to look at edges who, after Chase Young, are interesting for the Giants, what we have to understand, with a 3-4 system and the bevy of defensive tackles already available, you don't want size at, at edge right now. You'd like speed. You want guys who went on the outside edge track and can threaten tackles, force tackles to widen their stance, force tackles to take that strong 45-degree set, that vertical set. That's what opens you up for James Betcher's zone blitzes and those B-gap, C-gap rushes. That's what opens you up for stunts, twists, and games. You need that outside speed threat. Now we're talking Julian Aquara out of Notre Dame. We're talking Curtis Weaver out of Boise and Caleb on Chase and out of LSU. Those are the three edges that fit that mold and they're going to be successful for the Giants. Uh, and then if we're looking at offensive tackles outside of Andrew Thomas, uh, the, the big name that everybody talks about is Tristan Wirfs out, out of Iowa. And folks know him because he's a freakazoid athlete. They don't build him like Tristan Wirfs. I, to me, you know, if you tell me Tristan Wirfs at three of the Giants, I don't need to know who else went or at where. I'm going to call that in a vacuum a good pick. Obviously, I think you take Young before him. Um, but, but there's going to be teams who like Wirfs better than Thomas and deservedly so. Wirfs is a better athlete. He's got a higher ceiling. There's no doubt about that. But the player to watch for who doesn't get talked about as a round one tackle right now is Jedrick Wills. And that's the young man out of Alabama, right tackle, which is interesting for the Giants because if you don't want the guy to switch positions, Andrew Thomas is left tackle in college. Jedrick Wills right tackle. Uh, and, and Wills has been dominant for multiple seasons now uh, for Alabama Crimson Tide. This is one of the best lower halves, one of the best movers that you're going to find at the tackle position in college. Uh, and so Wills is a player who, while you know it's, it's hard to notice every Alabama kid, uh, he's not going to be under the under the radar forever. And so those are the names that I look at first round uh, offensive tackle and, and edges as those two key positions I think you're dialing in on in the, in the top five picks. I would say AJ Epinesa is very intriguing in a kind of uh, DeForest Buckner, J.J. Watt kind of way. But you know, like you said, the Giants already have size for their defensive line. They've got more than they know what to do with to the fact where or to the point where B.J. Hill is currently a depth player who's only getting, I don't know, a third of the defensive snaps. And for a DT4, you're, that, that's pretty damn good. Epinesa might be a really great pick, but I don't know that they could find the time to get him on the field. So Julian Okwara, which if that name sounds familiar to Giants fans, that's because his older brother is Romeo Okwara, who got his start with the Giants before being cut and winding up getting a nice contract over in Detroit. I'd say uh, Yeter Gross-Matos at Penn State is, and I hope I pronounced his name correctly, he could be an interesting round two guy as an edge, that kind of stand-up defensive end that the Giants like to use sometimes. Clayton Chasen at LSU, he's got a great build and everything for the Giants defense as outside linebacker, speed rusher, the kind of thing they don't really have right now. Of course, Chase Young, you're going to hear his name a lot, especially if the Giants stay in the top five. I'm not entirely sure he's human. I I kind of expect to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger pop up on the broadcast whenever he is on the field, because he just reminds me of the Predator. And again, over on offensive tackle, offensive line, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, both those guys should be top 10 picks. Both of the Alabama tackles are interesting. You mentioned Wills. Leatherwood is also an interesting pick. He's probably LT2 if we just leave Wirfs and Wills on the right side. Then you've got Tyler Biotish on the interior, and oh, name escapes me at the moment, Humphrey. 
at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's been putting out some good linemen lately. That would be a name worth keeping an eye on. And yeah, I think keeping an eye on Grant Delpit, the safety out of LSU, especially if the Giants wind up sliding a little bit, winning a couple games, maybe picking somewhere around 10, 12, or if they wind up trading back, he could be very interesting because they haven't had a safety with that kind of range and just ability to play the ball, play receivers, do everything you need a safety to do. They haven't had that since Will Hill. And well, you know, we all remember what happened with him. As you can tell, folks, there are a lot of talented guys that are going to be available for the Giants, and hopefully they make the, make the right decision and they don't draft another interior defensive lineman early on in this draft. But thank you to Ben for taking the time to talk with us and come on today's Chris and Joe show. You can follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, spelled S-O-L-A-K. Also be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and follow us on social media at Big Blue View, as well as well as follow me and Chris at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E, and also at Raptor M-K-I-I. Have a wonderful rest of your day, folks. 